afternoon, America. Welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Well, Christopher Rufo is at it again. We love this guy. Uh, we love Rufo. <laughs> he is. He's a wrecking ball. He's out here getting it done. Uh, he He's issued a report the other day. You know, basically... Uh, accusing President Gay of plagiarizing and plagiarizing big time. I mean, not just a little bit of plagiarism. Uh, I mean, he's he's done some homework here. Christopher Rufo, yet again, out here doing the heavy lifting. So this article is entitled, Harvard President Claudine Gay Responds to Mounting Plagiarism Allegations as Calls for Ouster Intensify. All right. This is what we want to see. We want to see it because I said the other day that it's it's my, maybe not my fear, my expectation. I, I truly expect that McGill took one for the team and this whole thing's going to be swept under the rug. And Gay and Cornbluth are going to get off with without any punishment at all whatsoever. That's what I expect because that's how things work. Look, I, I'm not trying to be a, a downer here. I'm not trying to, I'm just, I'm just being a realist. All right. I'm I'm just being a realist. I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I mean, I don't think gay needs to to stay on any longer, not, not a day longer at Harvard. And I don't think Cornbluth needs to stay on a day longer at MIT. Ultimately, though, just because these two ladies are eventually removed, hopefully, is that going to really change the direction of the two universities? I question that about Penn. You know, just because, you know, McGill has decided to step down, does that mean Penn's leadership is actually going to change? I question that. I really do. Until Penn uh, answers the the Wharton demands and issues uh, uh, issues where they stand on this on this on this policy, on this debacle, then I don't know that we're going to see an actual change in leadership here at Penn or Harvard or MIT, for that matter. Nonetheless, uh, Christopher Rufo is getting it done. Just to give you a little uh, backdrop on Rufo, he's a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute, and yeah, we've we've gone through his work here, uh, you know, frequently. Actually, I think three or four times we've we've highlighted his work on some of the things that that he's doing. He does good work. So Sunday he published this report outlining what he indicated to be three instances of President Gay plagiarizing. And, and he's he's basing this on Harvard's own standards of, of plagiarism. All right, so he's, you know, this isn't him just saying, ah, I think she plagiarized. He's taking her work and he's comparing it to Harvard's own rules. Oh, I love this guy. All right, so in Gay's dissertation, I think this is her PhD dissertation, entitled Taking Charge, Black Electoral Success and the Redefinition of American Policies. Um, that was the, the title of her dissertation. You know what? She needs to read some speeches uh, from uh, Joseph Rainey. Yeah, yeah, she needs to she needs to to read some of his work. Uh, you know, I think it might it, maybe we need to go over yesterday's show in a little bit more detail. All right, 
uh, back to, I mean, because if if the title of your dis- dissertation is taking charge, black electoral success, and the redefinition of American policies, you know, why not read some of the speeches of the very first black man to ever be in the House of Representatives? What did he have to say? What did he think about it? What did he think about black electoral success? I promise you, he thought a lot differently than what President Gay thinks about the matter. Uh, All right, back to the article. Uh, Gay told the Boston Globe regarding the plagiarism allegations, I stand by the integrity of my scholarship. Throughout my career, I have worked to ensure my scholarship adheres to the highest academic standards. You know what? I said the other day, this woman has zero credibility. Zero. Anything she says can no longer be trusted. Her credibility meter has tanked out. There's nothing there. I think it was last week we went into rhetoric class, and I explained to you that Aristotle taught there are three modes of persuasion. They are ethos, pathos, and logos. Ethos refers to the speaker's credibility. Pathos refers to the emotion of the audience. Logos refers to the the, the, the reason, the logic of what is being spoken. All right, These are the three modes of persuasion. The rhetorical triangle. You have the speaker, the listener, and what is being spoken. Aristotle said the most important of the three is the ethos, the credibility of the speaker. That's the most important. If you're going to persuade somebody honestly and ethically, you have to have credibility, according to Aristotle. And this is why um, you know, Socrates and Plato did not, they didn't it, uh, attach much weight to the study of rhetoric because they just believed it was just, you know, what they referred to as sophists, just these dishonest people out there trying to persuade you by manipulating your emotion. But Aristotle came along and he said, no, rhetoric can actually be a worthwhile pursuit if the speaker is honest, if the speaker is ethical, if the speaker has credibility. President Claudine Gay has none of that. She's not an honest person. She's not truthful. And therefore, she has no credibility. Based upon her testimony alone, and not even that, based upon her actions, how she has handled events over there at Harvard since October 7th, this woman has zero credibility. So when these you know, accusations of, of plagiarism come out, I think they have to be looked at earnestly. They have to be looked at seriously. And the second she says, I stand by the integrity of my scholarship. Throughout my career, I have worked to ensure my scholarship adheres to the highest academic standard. mm -mm. I'm sorry, lady. You can't be trusted. The article continues. In addition to other questionable instances, Gay is accused of lifting, quote, nearly verbatim, work from Lawrence Bobo and Franklin Gilliam in their paper called Race, Sociopolitical Participation, and Black Empowerment. Rufo cited Harvard's own policy and paraphrasing and plagiarism to underscore his point. This is what their policy says. When you paraphrase, your task is to distill the source's ideas in your own words. 
It's not enough to change a few words here and there and leave the rest. Instead, you must completely restate the ideas and the passage in your own words. If your own language is too close to the original, then you are plagiarizing, even if you do provide a citation. Bum, bum, bum. Mm, 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 mm. So, um, first, and this is uh, Rufo's post on X. First, Gay lifts an entire paragraph nearly verbatim from a paper by Lawrence Bobo and Franklin Gilliam while passing it off as her own paraphrase and language. This is a direct violation of Harvard's policy. When you paraphrase, your task is to distill the source's ideas, not to restate them verbatim. That's not a paraphrase. And so he is, um, he's got some hard examples here. He's got some pretty hard evidence. <laughs> but Gay, what does she say? I stand by the integrity of my scholarship. He's got, I mean, he's got the he's got the receipts, as they say. He's he's got the proof in a court of law. He's got the murder weapon. I stand by the integrity of my scholarship. Oh, but then here comes Bill Ackman. He's back on the scene. All right. We love Bill Ackman. Uh Bill Ackman. So the other day, I you know I when we were talking about McGill stepping down and the Wharton board, the advisory board over there at Wharton, writing this letter to McGill and 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 also to the board of trustees, you know, demanding some things, demanding some things out of Penn, and the first thing that they demanded is that we need brand new leadership, brand spanking new. Now the implication is she has to go. And I said, though, just because she's leaving, does that mean we're getting new leadership? I think that is still on the table. I think that's a question that still um, we still have to be asking, especially if she's there until an interim is found. And that should not be the case. They should have removed her immediately and left the seat vacant, even need be, until an interim was found. Because I don't think we're getting new leadership otherwise. All right. I mean, that's that's beside the point. When I was making those comments, I said, this is great that we have the, the Wharton board over here at Penn causing such a such a, a ruckus. I mean, that's what we need. We need something to that end. Uh, you, you know, we need somebody to fill that position of Wharton uh, towards Harvard and towards MIT. And then I said, well, you know, we're waiting for Bill Ackman. Bill Ackman's going to show up on this. We know he is. And sure enough, boom, Bill Ackman does not disappoint. Bill Ackman is doing the job of the Wharton board towards Harvard. Now we just need somebody, I'm going to get to Ackman here in a minute, but we just need someone to do this at MIT. Where is a big time donor? Where's someone in charge over there at MIT to stand up and say, all right, Cornbluth, we're calling Cornbluth in on the carpet. Cornbluth needs to be called in on the carpet. Cornbluth uh, cannot, uh, she can't, you know, sneak off into the sunset here. She can't get away with this. You know, because uh, I, I said, look, I expect this whole thing to be swept under the rug, and I'm I'm happy that Rufo's come along and and he's like, uh, uh, nope, not if not not if I have anything to do with it. Man, we love this guy, and then of course we love Ackman. So Ackman, here's his post on X. He's referring to these allegations from Rufo. 
He says, I asked a senior member of the Harvard faculty to examine the below allegations of plagiarism against President Gay. The faculty member found them to be credible. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, here we go, kids. Here we go. All right, Bill, uh, Bill Ackman, stay at it. You stay at it. Keep the uh, keep the fire turned up high over there, because you're the one to do it. You, sir, are the one to do it. And Rufo is uh, he's the one providing the uh, the ammo here. Since the report, the article here continues. Since the report, the National Association of Scholars has come out calling for Gay's removal as president. Bum bum bum. The esteemed group notes Gay's, quote, shoddy professional work. Ouch. You know, when the National Association of Scholars says your professional work is shoddy? So, President Gay, do you still stand by the integrity of your scholarship? Even though the National Association of Scholars says your, your professional work is shoddy? I mean, that that hurts. That stings a little. Oh, but they didn't stop there. They also note her record of plagiarism. Oh, this isn't a one-time. This isn't a one-offer, kids. There's a record of plagiarism. Uh, This, you know, Rufo and uh, another guy that he's working with here. What's the other guy's name? Um, Someone from the Free Bacon. Aaron Sabarium. I hope I'm not destroying your name. Uh, But these two guys are... You know, they're uncovering uh, really what appears to be um, a personal policy from Claudine Gay that she's going to plagiarize. And if you have a personal policy that you're going to plagiarize, you lack integrity. And if you lack integrity, guess what, kids? You have a credibility problem. You have what Aristotle would call an ethos problem. The most important element that you can use to persuade an audience is your own ethos, and she doesn't have any. Claudine Gay is showing the world, hey, I don't have ethos. I don't have credibility. I don't believe a word I say. Yet she is begging us to believe what she says. Back to the National Association of Scholars. So they've come out. uh, They've called for her removal of president because of her shoddy professional work, her record of plagiarism, and and thirdly, her promotion of racist policies. Oh, so the National Association of Scholars here, they're not only saying that she didn't do anything to stop the racism on the campus at Harvard, but she promoted these racist policies on the campus. This isn't me saying this. This isn't Rufo saying this. Is, this isn't even Bill Ackman saying this. This is the National Association of Scholars, you know, and and Claudine Gay wants us to to believe that she stands by her scholarship. She wants us to believe that throughout her career, she's worked to ensure her scholarship adheres to the highest academic standards. the, The lady who lacks credibility wants us to believe that about her. But the National Association of Scholars says, uh, yeah, I don't think so, Miss Gay. You know, your professional work is shoddy. You have a history of plagiarism and you promote racist policies. 
And then Rufo posts and says, uh, momentum is building. Momentum is building. Uh, momentum for what? Oh, momentum that Miss Gay would step down or that this, this board of trustees over there in Harvard would actually do something. The most... Uh, uh, the most esteemed university in the country. And that board of trustees over there sits silent. The, the Harvard, the, the, the oldest university in the, in, in the country, founded just, just a few years after the, the Pilgrims land. I mean, you know, into the next decade. Uh, the esteemed Harvard, and you've got a board of trustees over there that just sit silent uh, while their president promotes racist policies. And then they sit silent while, you know, I don't know, you know, maybe some something will come out in the next 24 hours. Maybe the board will actually do something. Yeah, you know, me, me, you know, I, I, this, it's, it's shocking to me that we're still here a week after this horrific testimony that she gave and and she still has she still has a job over there i mean of course lady penn still has a job so you know what would we think anything different about corn bluth or, or or president gay uh you know things have to change here at college campuses they've got to change and this is part of it kids this is this is part of the movement this is part of the movement for change Part of the movement to take our country back on the educational front. Let's go after it. Let's take it back. Let's get behind this stuff. All right, we're up against it. We'll pick up this conversation on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out AmericaOutloud.shop. Look for ASEA cell signaling molecules liquid supplement and check out nurse michelle's recent favorite asia product renew 28 revitalizing redox gel because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when i broke my hip give it a try for your aches and pains and let nurses out loud hear how your health has improved these days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. 
HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Uh, congratulations for being one of the smart ones. America Out Loud is where smart people go to get their news and information. America Out Loud is a rising voice in the new media, and we are happy to have you on board. Uh, we really are. The uh, this this entire network and its its purpose is it's just exciting to be a part of. Uh, there are great things coming from this network in the new year. Uh, so stay tuned. Stay tuned for the exciting things coming down the pike. I made reference to yesterday's show in the first segment. If you missed yesterday's show, go back and find it in podcast. It is an important show. Uh, I, I talked about Joseph Rainey, who was the first black member of the U.S. House of Rep- Representatives, and uh, what the Democrats don't want you to know about him, why he's not celebrated in, in Democrat circles, why the media doesn't, you know, why why we don't celebrate Joseph Rainey. Uh, academia doesn't celebrate Joseph Rainey. Uh, you know, we celebrate Jackie Robinson for breaking the color barrier in baseball. Why don't we celebrate Joseph Rainey for celebrating the color barrier in the halls of Congress, or at least in the House of Representatives? He was the first black member in the House. And we talked about him yesterday because yesterday was the uh, the anniversary of his swearing in in 1870 and December 12th. So it's an important show. Uh, we basically go to history class. And uh, so I, I encourage you to go back, listen to it, share that podcast with your, your teacher friends, homeschool moms and dads. Uh, you, you know, share that podcast with them because that, oh, such good information. So good. And I think, I think Claude, Claudine Gay should probably listen to that. Maybe that, that, that broadcast. I think she needs to hear it. Uh, her um, dissertation was entitled Taking Charge, Black Electoral Success and the Redefinition of American Policies. I think she needs to, uh, you know, maybe read what Representative Rainey had to say about it. Mm, yeah, let's go. Someone get that podcast to her. Uh, you know, she's she's on the hot seat right now, and I don't know how long she's going to last. You know, Rufo has done some excellent work here. And this other guy, I think, that's been with him, the Free Bacon, uh, sorry, the Free Beacon, uh, Aaron uh, Sabarium, I think. So uh, Rufo tweets this, the free beacons Aaron Sabarium has revealed that Harvard president Claudine Gay plagiarized multiple sections of at least three additional publications between 1993 and 2017, according to Harvard's own standard on academic integrity. Bum, bum, 
bombs. <laughs> this is so rich. This woman who wants us to believe that she stands by the integrity of her scholarship and adheres to the highest academic standards, yet, uh, you know, the Sabarium and Rufo come with the proof. Multiple sections, all right? Not just one little paragraph here, one little sentence there. Multiple sections of at least three additional publications, over the period of, you know, I don't know, over 20 plus years. So this, you know, she has a record. Yeah. If you're going to do this over 20 plus years, you know, and granted, maybe it's only, uh, you know, three publications. But if you're going to do multiple sections over three publications, I mean, this is kind of your policy. This is your internal policy. I got away with it in 93. I mean, I'm going to get away with it now. Except, you know, it's out there. It's, you know, once it's out there, it's out there. And people like Rufo can go back and they can have a look-see. So Gay continues to sit on the hot seat. But you know what was interesting? You know what's happening here uh, is the, um, you know, all the old players. And uh, this is giving an opportunity for the old Democrat players to be dusted off. Let's dust them off. Let's bring them out. Let's bring out the old players. Let's see if we can rekindle some of that magic. Yeah, some of that magic that we had from the turn of the century. Some of that magic brought to us by Al Gore. <laughs> Did you see what Al Gore had to say over the weekend? Ah, oh, we're blowing the dust off of it. I can't even believe we're talking about Al Gore. Uh, Al Gore appeared on Jake Tapper's uh, Sunday show on CNN, State of the Union, uh, which probably nobody watched. Uh, I mean, did anybody out there watch CNN Sunday show, State of the Union with Al Gore? Al Gore? I, I don't. <laughs> so here's what Tapper had to say. After he blew the dust off of Al Gore, he said, quote, I also have to ask you, sir, because you are a Harvard alum. We had to get that out there. While he's blowing the dust off of Al Gore, he had to make Al Gore relevant again because Al Gore is a Harvard alum. I also have to ask you, sir, the presidents of Harvard, Penn, and MIT were before Congress this past week. And they were asked whether or not it explicitly calling for the genocide of Jews on their campus would constitute harassment. And they seemed to struggle with that. Although the presidents of Penn and Harvard issued clarifying statements. Why? <laughs> Tapper, don't try to defend them. Uh, yes, they did seem to struggle with that. Although they issued clarifying statements. You don't, you shouldn't have to issue clarifying statements because you shouldn't struggle with these questions. I mean, Stefanik was you know, asking simple yes or no questions, and they struggled with it. So, all right, back to Tapper's quote. And I was wondering what your reaction to it, as somebody who has been a strong supporter of the Jewish community, a strong supporter of Israel, and also, as I noted, a proud Harvard alum. <laughs> And also, as I noted, oh, man, this is so good. And so here's, here's uh, Al Gore's response. Well, I was shocked by the tone deafness of those comments. 
And I think they got bad legal advice in putting together what they were going to say. Yeah. All right. Do you need legal advice here? You know, when somebody asks you, uh, the question is, uh, does, does, you know, calls for the genocide of Jews, does that, does that go against your code of conduct? Uh, why do you need legal advice for this answer? You just say, of course it does. But then they can't say, of course it does, because then the next question is, then why haven't you done anything to stop it? So they need legal advice in order to, to tell them how to lie. What is the best case? They sit down with their attorneys and it looks like this. Okay, okay, Mr. Attorney, what's the best way for me to lie in this situation, in this congressional hearing, and still come out unscathed and still come out golden and still come out, you know, well, I tell you what, you, you say that, that you, you know, it could be based on context. I mean, that's, you know, that that's your answer. I mean, it might be, it might be harassment, especially if it turns into conduct. Well, that's definitely harassment, but you know, it's, a, it's contextual. And then you're off the hook. Then no one's going to ask you why you haven't done anything to stop it. And you just, you, know, you leave and you go have lunch and, and you probably get a raise from your board of trustees. I think they got bad legal advice in putting together what they were going to say, says Al Gore. Uh, and, and they sure, he continues, they certainly do need to clarify that. Uh, and we need to respect one another in our country. And when statements of that kind that were, they were asked about come out, we need to stand against them and stand firm as Americans for respect for all of the communities that make up America. E pluribus unum, he said. We need to be one country. Uh, okay, I mean, I agree with all that, Al Gore. I absolutely agree with it. Uh, you know, and they did get bad legal advice. Why do they need legal advice? I guess I answered that question, but I'm still just, you know, if you have credibility, if if you have credibility and if you are honest and you have integrity, you you go to the microphone and you answer the questions honestly. Uh, and you don't have to sit down ahead of time and have, you know, a legal discussion on how you should answer this. You know, but they have to because of previous actions. You know, because, you know, anti-Semitic protests are happening on their campuses and they're doing nothing to shut them down. If you do nothing to shut down the protests, then then you're in support of the protests. and And that's what... Uh, in the in the first segment, I referred to the National Association of Scholars, and in their call for President Gay's removal, you know, they cited three things, and one of them was her promotion of racist policies. Not even that she wouldn't put the kibosh on it, but that she promoted it. Because if you're not going to stop it on your campus, then guess what, kids? You're in promotion of it. Uh, what you allow is 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 what you're going to get. You should expect what you're allowing to take place. If you're allowing this stuff to happen on your campus, then expect it because you're going to get it. And if you aren't, if you're put, if you're not putting down a heavy hand, then the only obvious conclusion that we can draw is, well, you like it. You're in support of it. Do you see it any other way here? Is there another way to look at it that I'm missing? Because I mean, holler. If there is, I mean, if I'm missing it, I'm missing it. 
um, I mean, the National Association of Scholars, the, you know, they would agree that um, because she's not putting this, you know, because she didn't put it down, then she promoted it. And therefore, when Stefanik says, does it go against your policy? You know, she has to come up with some some workaround. She's got to dance around that question. She's got to put on her tap shoes and go to town around that question because she can't come right out and answer it. Uh, you know, be, she's not an honest person. She's a person who obviously uh, promotes racism. Uh, McGill is obviously a person who promotes racism. Cornbluth, obviously a person who promotes racism. Um, you, you know, well, Jews aren't a race, they're a religion. I, I mean, okay, but you get my point. Uh, it's evil. All of it's evil. And, you know, these ladies were, were in power and in position to stop the evil from happening on their campuses, and they did nothing about it. Now, when we see evil, we've got to do something about it. We've got to shout it from the roof, rooftops. We have to go after it. Um, I don't see it any other way. I think that's our responsibility. It, it's our responsibility to, 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 to speak out speak out loudly in order for the evil to cease and desist we have to we have to shine a light on it you know what happens when you shine a light on cockroaches they scurry away i mean they scurry back into the darkness they're like oh the light we're out of here and that's what happens when you shine the light on evil um it, you know the the Bible refers to um, that the darkness not being able to comprehend it in John chapter 1. And it talks about Jesus as being the light of the world. Um, you know, when that light comes on, the darkness can't comprehend it. When you walk into a room that's completely dark and you flip the switch and you turn on the light, darkness disappears. It's, a, it's an amazing phenomenon about light and darkness. Darkness has gone. Darkness cannot exist where light exists. It can't. It's impossible. Kids, friends, listening audience to America Out Loud, you are the light. I mean, you have the light inside of you. You, you. I'm not saying you're God here, but I'm, I'm saying you have the light. You have the truth. And you can shine that light. You can shine it with your words. And you can talk about things. You know, there's things on this show I talk about. And, you know, from time to time, uh, you know, we, we, we talk about this whole despicable transgenderism, you know, where boys want to be girls and girls want to be boys. I think it's despicable. And, and, and I talk about it a lot. Because I want to shine the light of truth on it. And as I talk about it, sometimes I think maybe I come across as, as beating up the kids who are, who are caught in this confusion. And I don't mean to do that. I don't mean to be that way. I don't mean to come down hard on the kids. And, you know, you know, sometimes I'll say Johnny wants to be Sally and, you know, and Johnny can't, and I'm, I'm pretty hard on Johnny. 
or I'm pretty hard on Sally. And I don't mean to be hard on the students that are caught up in the confusion. I mean uh, to go after the adults that are promoting the confusion, that are promoting it uh, in our high schools, that are promoting it in our college campuses, that are promoting it uh, in, in positions of leadership throughout our government from top to bottom. Uh, I, I mean to be coming, coming out uh, against the evil. That's my intent. Is and I think it's shining the light of truth vocally uh, against evil. That needs to be the intent of all of us. I mean, Al Gore was right here when he said "E pluribus unum." We need to be one country. He's spot on. We need to be one country who is shining the light of truth against uh, all forms of evil, because once we do that, the evil will scurry away because it cannot exist in the light. And to me, promoting uh, in, in high schools, promoting and, and pushing and encouraging kids that they need to, to, to pursue being the opposite gender, to me, that is evil. I don't have another word for it. It is straight up evil. And I'm going to keep talking about it. I'm going to keep shining the light of truth on it. To me, being anti-Semitic is evil. Being racist to me is evil, and I'm going to continue talking about it. I'm going to continue shining the light of truth about it and on it. Uh, critical race theory to me is evil. Uh, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion to me is evil because it, it takes us down a, a road of confusion. It takes us down a road of 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 getting even with himism, this whole DEI is is getting even with himism. Uh, you know, be, because things weren't equitable in the in the 1700s and the 1800s. Well, by golly, we got to do this now to make them equitable. We got to turn the tables. We have to have affirmative action. We have to do to them what was done to us, and th that to me is just a furthering of evil. Two wrongs don't make a right. All right. I see the clock and I'm up against it. We will pick this up on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Spike proteins help viruses enter into your cells, disrupting your health and your well-being. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body of spike proteins, which allows your body to repair from within, supporting your immune and respiratory systems, and regulating your inflammatory response. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global Healing. 
giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Change in the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. That last segment, I uh, cited First John chapter, I'm sorry, the Gospel of John chapter 1. Uh, I'm going to read that verse. It's uh, verses 4 and 5, talking about light and darkness. Verse 4 says, In him, referring to Jesus, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's the English Standard Version. version. Uh, that, that Greek word for overcome uh, in verse 4 means to take eagerly, to seize or possess. The darkness can't do that to light. It, it can't grab it eagerly. It can't seize it, can't possess it, it can't hold it. Uh, the, the, the King James Version says that it doesn't comprehend it. Um, you know, but the, the, the Greek here is very, it's very plain. It's very clear that it, when, when light comes into the room, when light comes into the situation, it, darkness can't hold on to it. it darkness and light cannot share the same space. Um. And th this is why when good good people see evil, they've got to do something about it. They've got to speak up. They've got to take action. They can't just idly pie and watch it unfold and say, ah, you know, it'll be okay. Well, as long as it's not happening to me, then I'm okay. As long as it's not happening over here to me, then, you know, we're all good. No, it, it doesn't work that way. You and I are, are, are good. We're not perfect. Uh-uh. There's plenty of times I blow it. There's plenty of times you blow it. We're, 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 we're still human. We're going to mess up and we're going to mess up and we're going to mess up and we're going to mess up. But if, if, if we strive for goodness, if we strive to, if we strive for the light in him was life and the life was the light of men. If we strive for that life, in my opinion, if we strive for a life in Jesus Christ, we strive for that, that life. We're going to have that light. That light of goodness is going to be in us. And when we see evil, we've got to do something. Uh, we, we've got to speak up about it. And there's things that I'm going to talk about here behind this microphone. And that has nothing to do with education. I'm going to talk about it anyway, because everything has everything to do with education. It does. It, 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 it Everything. Absolutely everything. The um, 
I read to you the, the, the model back in the day in the 1700s. Our founding fathers believed that what was taught in the classroom today would be uh, what was conducted in the government tomorrow. What was taught in the classroom today is how the government would handle things tomorrow. And that goes for every single walk of life. What is taught in the classroom today is how businesses will, will be conducted tomorrow. It's how governments will be conducted tomorrow. It's how life will, will be lived tomorrow. Uh, it, it, it's how the churches will function tomorrow. What's taught in the classrooms today. Everything hinges on education. So guess what? I have got I have got carte blanche to talk about everything, to talk about whatever I want, mm, and I love it. Hot diggity, I love it. But the point is that we've we've got to shine the light of truth, and when we see evil, we've got to talk about it, and we've got to call it out, not from a high and mighty standpoint of being perfect, but from the standpoint of of wanting this country to go after what is good, what is true, what is beautiful, what is lovely, what is worthy. Not to just be uh, trying to you know, sit in rooms with, with our attorneys to come up with a plan on how we can talk our way out of this or talk our way out of that. Or, you know, how could, you know, how can we hide this or, or work around that? Because that kind of stuff happens in darkness. I mean, those conversations, they don't take place in the light. Uh uh-uh. And uh, I just, I, I want our conversations to happen in the light. I want them to take place in the light. Um, I want us to, to, to strive to do what's right. And, and so we're going to, we're going to talk about things from time to time, you know, things that maybe, you know, people don't want to hear, you know, people might, you know, Dean, you, you just, you know, you talk too much about this, or you you talk too much about that. You should you should talk about this, and you should do this and do that. And I just uh, I want to shine light on things. You know, I want. I was looking at this article the other day. This governor out of Wisconsin, what's his name? Evers. Ah, uh, this guy is horrible. Um, he needs to be. If you live in Wisconsin, your governor. Uh, and I know some of you that live in Wisconsin. I, I hear from some of you that live in Wisconsin. Uh, your governor needs to be shut down. Um, there's a bill which was passed by the Republican-controlled state legislature in Wisconsin. The bill would have banned procedures like double mastectomies on girls who identify as boys. And it, and it would have banned giving children puberty blockers and giving children cross-sex hormones, uh, cross-sex hormones that can impact bone development, it can impact fertility, it can impact heart health, except, you know, you'll have the, the APA over here in the, in the American Academy of Pediatrics say, oh, no, these cross-sex hormones, they're fine. Uh, now, these puberty block perfectly fine. I mean, you can I mean, pass out puberty blockers like they're candy. It's great. Everybody's doing it. All the doctors are uh, this is the this is evil. It, it it's evil. Procedures like double mastectomies on girls who think they are boys is evil. I I cannot repeat that often enough. It's evil, 
and doctors who are doing it are operating in a system that is evil and they're 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 willing accomplices in that system and so this republican controlled state legislature they 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 passed this bill that's going to ban all this garbage it's going to ban all this evil and what does the the governor do governor evers he comes along uh and and he's going to veto the bill this article says, well, the governor's veto of this legislation is certainly not surprising because he did. He vetoed it. It serves as a stark reminder of just how out of touch with reality he actually is. Um, you you people that, that live in Wisconsin, I mean, this is why we talk about this stuff. This is why we talk about it. This is why we, you know, we go after it and we go after it, you know, pretty hard here. Um, and again, I, I don't mean to, to come down on the kids that are confused and receiving double mastectomies. I don't mean to make fun of them. That is not my intent at all. My intent is to call out the evil of Governor Evers and call it out and call it out and call it out so the people in Wisconsin will start spreading the news that this guy's evil and he needs to go. He does not. He does not need to be in charge of a state. He doesn't need to be in charge of, of anything. Uh, you know, if he's going to veto this bill, which is going to ban procedures on on kids, these types of, of procedures, your state senator, Dewey Strobel, in Wisconsin, he's a Republican. He said, protecting children from invasive and irreversible medical interventions is the right thing to do from both a scientific and ethical standpoint. And he's a thousand percent correct, except your governor over there, Governor Evers, doesn't see it that way. He doesn't see it that way. Why? Why well, don't need to protect children from invasive and irreversible medical interventions? This is helping them. Johnny needs to become Sally or Johnny needs to become Janie and I'm going to, uh, or Janie needs to become Johnny and she needs to have her breasts removed in order for that to happen. And by golly, I'm going to allow that to happen. By golly, that's evil. Your governor is an evil human being. Dean, how dare you? How dare you call this, this esteemed governor evil? I mean, his actions are, are calling it out for him. His actions are, are speaking so loudly. I don't even have to say it, but I'm going to because light needs to be shined on this man. Light needs to be shining bright in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're not alone. I mean, it's, it needs to be shined in, in other states as well. This article uh, says, while Republicans hold a veto-proof majority in the Senate, they are two seats short in the state assembly. Uh, so in Wisconsin, you're you're two seats short. You you can't you, you know you're not able to override Evers, and it's it's sad. And this man needs to go. Maybe there needs to be a, a recall movement. I, I don't know. I just I'm just tired of sitting by and watching. Uh, essentially Democrats destroy the country. I mean, I read to you yesterday, I read to you the words of the very first black representative in the U.S. House. 
Joseph Rainey. I read to you what he what he said about the Democrats. And he said, I mean, I'll, I'll read it again if I need to. I don't know that I need to. I'll paraphrase here. He said, blood is on their hands. The, the, the blood of the Civil War is on their hands. I mean, that's not even a paraphrase. That's a direct quote. I'm using air quotes, and I'm citing Joseph Rainey, um, something which President Gay, I guess, would not do. Uh, the blood is on their hands. He said this about the Democrats, and they have not changed. It is an evil party. Uh, you know, if you vote Democrat, I'm not talking about you. You're not, I'm, I'm sure you're not an evil person. Um, matter of fact, I, I know people who vote Democrat, and I don't think they're evil. Um, you know, my uncles fought in, in World War II. They were on the ships in, in the Pacific, and they voted Democrat. You know, they they weren't evil men. Um, it, but you, but the leadership of that party, the people that are in the, the high seats of decision-making in that party are, I mean, they're, they're, for the most part, they're evil. I, I mean, I don't mean to, I'm not going to say all of them. All right. You know, I'm sure there's some some Democrats in somewhere <laughs> that I don't know. I mean, maybe somewhere. But come on. I mean, this governor, you know, in this this governor in North Carolina that that did something similar, except, you know, the folks in North Carolina have a veto proof majority. And unfortunately, you folks in Wisconsin don't. Um. I just, why? My question is why? Why are the Democrats like this? I don't have an answer to that. All I know is we're going to keep shining truth. I mean, we have to. In Kentucky, where the governor's office is held by Democrat Governor uh, Andy Bashir, Republicans were able to override his veto to ban transgender procedures on children. You know, so luckily in some of these states, North Carolina and Kentucky, there is a veto-proof majority. Um, you know, the, the speaker over there in Wisconsin, you know, has, you know, spoken out against Evers' veto, says it was misguided. Um, he, he posted on X. He said, Evers made another harmful mistake. Such a life-altering decision should be made when you're an adult, not a child. Many countries, including Norway, Sweden, Finland, the United Kingdom, and the Netherlands, do not allow for gender transition transition surgeries before the age of 18. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's part of the evilness here. Um. You know, Colorado, they're letting 12-year-olds make these, you know, medical decisions. They're in charge of their medical health at 12. You know, what is wrong? What is wrong with, with leaders in the Democrat Party? I don't know. And all I can do is is continue to, to talk about it, continue to shine light on it. Um, and I'm going to keep doing it. Evers. Governor Evers, a former school official who portrays himself as a moderate, claimed the bill would have made Wisconsin less safe. This type of legislation and the rhetoric beget by pursuing it harms LGBTQ people and kids' mental health, 
It emboldens anti-LGBTQ hate and violence and threatens the safety and dignity of LGBTQ Wisconsinites. I will veto any bill that makes Wisconsin a less safe, less inclusive, less welcoming place for LGBTQ people and kids. Um, and, you know, I mean, we've talked about this. I don't know how it it harms people's, you know, people and kids, whether they're homosexual or not. How does it harm them? How does it harm a, a girl who is, you know, 14, 15? To say to her, hey, hey, why don't you just hold off on this decision until you're 18, until you're a, a legal adult? I mean, let's let's take some time and, and think through this. This is a life-altering decision. You know, let's just take some time. How does that harm her, Governor Evers? I mean, it's like, um, you know, what's her name? You know, Graves, the other day in that hearing. Uh, that Title IX hearing where she said, you know, girls are harmed, especially uh, non-white girls are harmed um, just by having all girls play on the same team. It, it harms them, you know, because there's not a boy playing on the girls' softball team. All those girls are harmed. How in the, uh, for the love of Pete, how does that harm them? Can somebody explain that to me? It's, I don't think you can explain it to me, but they just keep repeating this mantra. It's going to harm them. They're, they're harmed. They're harmed. They're harmed. Uh, and, you know, we don't buy it. It's, it's a pack of lies. And we're going to talk about it. it because darkness cannot stay in the same room when light exists. When, when you turn that light on, it's such a beautiful thing. The darkness just flees. It runs. It hides. It cannot grab hold of the light. It can't seize it. It's impossible. It's, an, it's, it's a, I don't know if it's a law of physics, but, you know, it's impossible. That's what I can tell you. And so we're, we're going to keep shining light. We're, we're going to do it early. We're going to do it often, just how they vote in Chicago. Uh, because that's what is going to turn this country around. That's how we're going to get it back. So I encourage you, all of you, do it. Talk about your values. Talk about the truth. Shine the light just in your everyday conversations with, with whoever. Let's do it. Listen, we can unite to renovate the age. I say this every day, and I'm going to say it again because we're up against the clock. It's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining me. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age. 